Hello and welcome to Cavell Group's Cloud Conversations podcast. My name is Patrick Watson. I'm a senior analyst here at the Cavell Group. And today's episode of the podcast follows up from our CloudCom Summit US event, which took place back in September. Today, though, I am joined by special guests and sponsors of the event, Parkbench Solutions. In particular, their CEO, Mark Tribby, and their Chief Operating Officer, James Lee. How are you, Mark? I'm fantastic. Appreciate you having us, Patrick. I look forward to having a conversation today. Our pleasure. And how are you doing as well, James? I'm fantastic, Patrick. Uh, thanks for having us here. And uh, thanks again for such a great event back in September. Great. Well, I thought for the audience, it might be interesting if you could give us a quick introduction to Parkbench Solutions. And in, in particular, I, I wanted to know about the name because I obviously deal with a lot of companies in this space and your Parkbench Solutions sticks out quite a lot. So I, I don't know who wants to take that in terms of a little bit of an introduction where Parkbench Solutions came from. Sure, I can take that. So um, the, to be honest, we really didn't know what to call the company when we first started uh, years ago. And um, my uh, gentleman, Mark, who helped me found the company as well. Um, we like to just get our minds off things and, and find ourselves in a park bench a lot, you know, and just in the park in general, just to think and, and, and see, you know, and get creative ideas, et cetera. And so we decided to name it Park Bench Solutions. <laughs> well, it really, it really helps you stand out from, from the industry as well. And, and could you just tell me a bit about the history and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So we all actually come from uh, the service provider side, specifically around providers that have uh, Cisco Broadworks um, platform. And we really wanted to build a solution on top of the Broadworks platforms that allowed service providers to give unique experiences. You know, the days of cover up the logo and everyone's the same go away allow the service providers to finally start automating and, you know, really scale down a lot of those operations and just do a lot of automation. Um, But also now as we've grown uh, the platform, which is named Odin, um, we've allowed not only automation, but so much integration and really becoming the over the top platform for the customer service self portals uh, with these, which we can talk about, Um, but also, you know, just easy integration, being that facilitator of everything and everything around around Broadworks. So we built a, at its core, it's really a really robust API uh, engine. Yeah, you've touched on a few sort of key points that at Cavell Group we're talking to service providers a lot about at the moment. How how they differentiate their offering when the sort of underlying vendor platforms are that there's probably only a few that are used globally now. And that's it, that number seems to be sort of shrinking with acquisitions everywhere. How they differentiate, how, how they can automate and, and ultimately sort of reduce overheads internally in terms of administration and those sort of things. And also how they can integrate into the sort of wider technology stack. So you've sort of hit on my three, the three areas that I wanted to cover there. In terms of the differentiation piece for Broadworks service providers, what are the best ways for them to do that, to differentiate their solutions? Because effectively, there's a, there are a lot of Broadworks service providers around the world and in individual reason, regions and specializing in particular verticals. What can they do to help their solutions stand out? Yeah. So I can I can kick that off. When we first built our Odin platform, it was very important for us to give the best user experience possible. And so we have a portal layer where everyone was kind of looking for that more modernized type of portal. 
Um, so now we've, we've um, allowed service providers to make that unique. Um, they can do that with just a few clicks. As an example, let's say they have a large university, they can easily give that university a, a custom URL to go to and it's their colors, their logos, their product sets, or they have a large enterprise or you know, internally, um, they only want provisioning, their provisioning teams to have a certain type of portal. You can have one Odin platform and just create many user experiences, which was key. And then further on, and James can probably expand upon this, is we really wanted really ease of just different integrations and automation, whether it's firing off webhooks automatically, capturing events, seeing what's going on, and finally getting the visibility into how you're using the platform, how your customers are using the platform. Um, so there's a there's a lot to the platform, but those are probably the two key elements. And James could probably expand on the uh, <clears throat> on really the API and integration side as well. Yeah, it's really all about giving our customers the ability, you know, to pass on to their end users that they're selling their services to to have an app-like experience. So any device they can tap in with a few taps, they can handle any of the major functions of their phone, but they could have a uniquely branded experience based on their role and based on the URLs. And we set up a platform that allows an unlimited number of these experiences. So we talk a lot about creating uh, unique experiences for customers and users for self-service, but it's also important to create these experiences for resellers and for your own admins and uh, be able to quickly find things and help customers and have global searches you type and features like that that make it easier to administer. And these are all ways that we can take Broadworks and we can extend the life of that investment and we can add features and continue to innovate. So as, as their innovation cycle starts to slow down, as we've seen as new competition comes up, we're helping Broadworks service providers who have made that investment extend that life of that useful investment out into the next decade and be able to drive more value and continue to stand out and continue to compete with all the new cloud first options that keep popping up. That's that's really interesting. So effectively, the we, we uh, my question was sort of about how service providers differentiate, but it's about customization at both the layers, isn't it? The, the, the service provider can provide that unique customizable experience for each user within a within an end user organization and in turn that helps them stand out from from other competitors within the service provider space it's interesting that sort of two layers of of customization both at the customer level and for the service providers that's right exactly right we used to joke around that if you used to cover up the logo everyone was the same yeah but they're using the fundamental same back end so We've created a very simple way, you know, within literally the first uh, few minutes of connecting to our platform, these tools are available to create these unique experiences, to automate provisioning, um, and to really just drive cost out. But most importantly, it's to keep up. It's to extend the life of that investment and be able to drive, you know, drive profits and predictable profits off of this platform for the foreseeable future. And, uh, and not have to go sign on, you know, someone else's platform and just mark that up a few points. And, um, you know, th this allows customers to really, you know, create their own unique products and derive their own profits from it. And, and, and moving on from that, you, you mentioned sort of the, the customization capabilities uh, and you mentioned APIs and, and that's something and that sort of the, the developer, the developer toolkit, as it were. How, how important do you think it is to, to have an open structure for service providers when they're choosing their their sort of underlying communications platform that that must help them the more open the the platform they're working on it must help them with the ability to customize and differentiate their offerings 
That, that's absolutely right. And the way we built the platform, you know, broad, Broadworks always had their API, but it was very quite taxing to learn. Um, service providers traditionally don't have a lot of developers on staff. So we built a complete REST layer API on top of Broadworks with 100% guarantee across the entire OCI. And we've consolidated so many API calls. You know, sometimes it's a 500 to one API call. So it, it streamlines development. You can, you don't need a PhD in Broadworks anymore. You can have a junior developer tap right into it and start integrating. Um, so we've really, we've really helped that community. But recently at the, at the Cavell convention, we decided we're an API first company. We always build the API and we're consumers of the same API. So we've decided to open source both the portal and provisioning. And what it's going to do is build a, uh, allow just an, uh, build this community of developers that all the Broadworks service providers can tap into, and all the different unique things that are that are going to you know come about. And they've already have um, with a lot of our, our customers. So it's just going to open it up, but more importantly, accelerate a lot of go-to-market you know solutions that again ties back to differentiating, you know. Yeah, and and James, following from what Mark was saying there, that the the opening it up, it just it enables that sort of wider pool of of potential innovators, doesn't it? Of more people coming up with more innovative ideas to help customers. It just sort of widens the innovation across all of the different layers. It does, and you know we we view the APIs as really being on the forefront of this next industrial revolution that's going on right now, and that's all about automation. It's about making it simple to connect things into or out of uh, platforms and get them to uh, communicate. And so, really, you know, at the at the forefront of that industrial revolution, it's really about unlocking human capital, and that's a big part of what we're doing is really just taking the uh, not only the human error that can occur, you know, when you have humans entering data and things like that, but by automation. Um, you know, it, it basically allows you to drive deeper product uh, profit margins. It allows you to get by with a very lean staff um, as you scale and grow. Um, and it's about just freeing up that time, you know, to focus humans, uh, get them out of the mundane task and focusing on on creating and doing things that uh, add much more valuable to, value to the organization. Yeah, that's something we're hearing about a lot. And I like that sort of freeing human capital, effectively removing that mundane, administrational, repetitive thing. And like you said, human error, I mean, any time I have to do any sort of data entry, you can guarantee it's going wrong somewhere slightly. So if, if, you, if you can move that and enable someone to do something that potentially can't be automated in terms of innovation or creativity, that obviously the, the human mind does, it, does a bit better, that, that's a really interesting piece. And have you found that that's that's a concept that comes across quickly to service providers. Does it require a bit of a, a, a sort of mindset change? Because effectively, traditionally, a, a lot of that work has been done by the service provider and, and automating that slightly changes the, the business model in some places. Have you, have you found that sort of concepts come over quite quickly? Yeah, I, th I think it's uh, being adopted very quickly. I think everyone's trying to figure out a way you know, to convert things into more of a factory, into more repeatable, automatable processes that makes it easier to track and get metrics. Uh, to see how you're actually doing and it allows you to you know, have things to measure so that you can get better and better uh, each quarter and you know so it's, it's definitely um, being being widely adopted i think everyone's trying to figure out ways to easily integrate their billing systems and easily automate provisioning for not only broadworks but also all the third-party premium features that get provisioned along with it um, so we're coming up with very simple solutions here um, you know we're just talking about instant time to first value and 
uh, with with our pre-built tools and then also giving giving access uh, to uh, these tools that people can drop into their larger frameworks. And so we're we're set up to meet people where they are. Uh, we can either use our pre-built portals and customize them and make them their own and integrate and link in all their other systems to that, or we have all the code and the raw the raw tools and expertise to be able to drop into a larger framework. Um, so everyone's trying to get to that single pane of glass uh, for their customers and for how they administer their platforms and how they do user provisioning and things like that. And we're really just helping to accelerate that journey. So I realize we've only had a, a short amount of time on this podcast and we could have sort of d- d- dove a bit deeper into any of those particular areas. But I was interested to get both of your opinions on uh, the sort of the sort of next 12, 18 months, because innovation happens so quickly. And I know you guys in particular have been developing rapidly. So what areas of innovation do you think are, are most exciting for, for you and Park Branch solution service provider partners over over the next 12 to sort of 18 months or, or, or longer than that, if you want to look further into the crystal ball? <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's for me, it's two things. We've we've just lost launched a SaaS platform, so this is game changing for us. It's taking out all of the barriers of entry, um, and and so now our service providers no longer need to provide infrastructure. They don't need servers and storage and backups and databases and people to manage that, people to monitor that and to refresh that um, each cycle. So we're eliminating that. We've also eliminated all the upfront licensing costs, so that we just have a simple, predictable cost per unit, and it's basically just a cost per user per month formula. Uh, so we agree to those metrics with our service providers. They won't incur a cost from us without revenue to support it. Uh, so it's a huge change uh, to the model, and uh, it's it's allowing more service providers to adopt our tech and our our tools, and be able to do that without uh, an enormous you know, capital uh, approval to do so. Uh, the other big thing that I'm most excited about is is what Mark had mentioned earlier, which is the, you know us making the Odin web code for portals and provisioning more openly available and creating this online community of development that can really help accelerate that journey for everyone to share ideas to to really just to develop faster innovate faster and uh, free up that human capital uh, even more quickly that's right and i'll just add to that kind of the third thing i get excited about is if you've ever looked at our site or just our tags our, our motto has always just have been simplify modernize and automate and Yes, we primarily, you know, speak and have a lot of service providers as customers, but we've been talking and working with so many of their solution partners that get super excited about how simple our API is, and they don't have to keep up with all the different releases and versions and et cetera, because we can we can handle all of that simultaneously. So all the redevelopment becomes a thing of the past, and it just starts getting into this fundamental overarching integration where Odin is really the facilitator of anything and everything you ever wanted to do with Broadworks. Well, it sounds like potentially very exciting uh, next couple of years uh, for the community. I realize we've only had a, a, a little bit of time today, but uh, but James and Mark uh, and everyone at Parkbench, uh, thank you for uh, sponsoring uh, that section of the CloudCon Summit US and for, for joining me in today's podcast. Thank Absolutely. You. We pre- yeah, appreciate it, Patrick. Appreciate the Cavell Group. Uh, if you want to learn more about Parkbench Solutions and what they're doing in terms of automation and customization and integration and all those great things that we talked about, then you can find their website at parkbenchsolutions.com. If you want to take a look at any of the content from the CloudCom Summit US event, uh, then head over to our website, uh, and that's at thecavellgroup.com. Uh, and if you're interested attend, in attending the event in future, hopefully we'll be back in person next year. Uh, don't hesitate uh, to get in touch with us.
That's it for today's podcast, though. Thanks again to both Mark and James from Parkbench Solutions. Uh, and until next time, it's goodbye from Cavell.